show. I do have a woman that I think would be good for you, and, and that was another topic that we could talk about. We could talk about it on air without any that, names if you'd like. Probably a lot for the record, I love you turning that energy on Justin. I did. No, I did that for you, Craig. I appreciate it. It's magic energy. It's something. Did you see that? Did you see what I did there? Magic energy. Because we were talking about Magic Johnson. Anyway, anyway. So here we go. So welcome, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, oh, Georgia. Are I you just not? Got it. Yeah, it took me a while. Oh, uh, the magic. Oh, that, you just interrupted <laughs> that. You interrupted my opening. I whispered it to for you. the joke that you missed. I see. Oh, now you have to explain the joke. Okay, I'm going to explain the joke. So Creighton is one of the biggest nerds that I know. Hold on. Sure, I'm pretty sure this was Hold in his up. dating profile. I had Chat GPT write him. Exactly. In fact, yeah. It's why Isaac knows that we play magic. It, mm. So, yeah, exactly. That is what. Anybody listening or watching this has no idea what's happening right now. No, it's This is a complete train wreck. Creighton loves this weird card thing called magic, and hey. there's a group of other nerds. Uh, that are going to get together and they're going to play magic. Uh, Isaac, who was on the show last week, said that I should come play this and he would eat a McRib if I did. So if you were with us last week, you know the context. He even, when I balked at that, said, I'll have my wife eat a McRib as well. So now I know he's serious. And so we were having this conversation and Creighton was very adamant, no, under no circumstances, should Zach be a part of this. It's going to ruin it for me. Which no, was, no, 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 by no. the way, the it's largest going to ruin point. It for everyone. No, including mainly, you. No, Deal Daddy Derek was like, hey, no, no you should come, brother. Hold up, hold this up. would be Before great. You hold throw me on. Under the bus, if you choose to be unsufferable. By the way, we have not. No, I'll just play the game. I will play the game. All right. We'll hold you to that then. And we got this clip as a I, I will play the say, game. You but will I will play, play the, the game. game in a way that none of you have. I yeah, sure. properly. Oh, and that's boy. exactly right. <laughs> I will anyway, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. As mentioned. My name is Zach. Oh my I pastor a church, Calvary 316. You know the spiel. Uh, our Sunday service is at 1030. If you're local, come hang out with us. We'd love for you to be our guest. If you're not local but looking for a good church to attend online, let's say maybe you attend a church somewhere in the maybe the San Francisco to Sacramento area and there's no good pastors in that particular part of the world, you're more than welcome to join us <laughs> at 1030. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. We've got a, a good friend here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy that. Uh, anyway, you can learn all about the church by just going to our website, calvary316.com. Our YouTube channel is calvary316.live. We own kind of all of the domains uh, related to that. We even own a bunch of domains that redirect to our church website that don't relate to that, like churchatthedump.com or outlawchurch.com.org. Anyway, there's a bunch of them. I'm joined, as always, by the man that needs no introduction. This time of the year, we just refer to him as Scrooge McDuck. Hello, everyone. Have you have you thought about getting the Scrooge McDuck tattoo? I am not going to get a Scrooge McDuck tattoo. You're not. You balked at that. I, that's a bit. It's I a don't bit. Know. It's a bit. Scrooge-y. It's a weird. It's a weird uh, bit to get a tattoo of got, Scrooge McDuck. Wait, wait. Justin's going to talk about Fifty Cent now, and I'm. Okay, Bring we're also church. joined in studio by an by another regular Spice Daddy. Please say what you you were about to say. Howdy. Uh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> let's just, long story short. You didn't acknowledge the audience. And you're all like, hey, thanks for being yeah. here. Let me get to <laughs> you. This is very important. So, long story short, Creighton said if I could get 50 Cent to come to church, he would get a 50 Cent tattoo. You mentioning a Scrooge McDuck tattoo 
just give me a great idea. Oh. And for a tattoo. It, Scrooge McDuck with 50's face? Almost. Okay. So you know how in, in DuckTales, the opening, Scrooge is diving into his money pit, swimming yeah. around. DuckTales. <laughs> so Scrooge McDuck diving into there with like quarters or whatever with 50's uh, face <laughs> on They're not them. quarters, they're 50 cent 50 pieces. 50 cent pieces with his face on there coming up as, you know, the So droplets. you just have to get... 50 to come to church yeah, and the chance he's already agreed Creighton has already agreed that if you do that this is going to go viral for this reason well this is the way it's going to work Creighton has agreed that he will get a 50 cent tattoo if you can get 50 to come to church yes so the the tattoo that we'll be able to get is still the scrooge mcduck tattoo we've been longing for with the 50 cent quarters. have we been longing yes. for that um, yeah i think it'd be great but so <laughs> Basically, basically, let's just put it this way. The chances chances of this happening are not zero. It's good. Mm. So you're saying we've got a chance. There's a chance. For the record, the chances of you phasing through your chair are not zero. Yeah, but it's a lot less. That's a lot less likely to happen than if you come to church. Amen. Yeah. We'll see if it happens. And you know what? And he needs to hear about Jesus. He does. Agreed. He does. Start tithing. Dude, that guy's broke. I mean, he's he? like, ain't oh, he lost let's, houses let's and stuff? Face nah. 50 like I don't this. know. He'll come to the church. Okay, no, we're also joined no. a regular. <laughs> he's back with us. Uh, Deal Daddy Derek. <laughs> it was funny. You were actually someone came. <laughs> nice. That was your welcome back. Yeah, I don't know. What? You put me in a corner, so I didn't really know what to do. I freaked out. You're in the same chair you always are. It's not a corner. Well, absolute Chair you're, or a shirt? You are rocking your getfedtoday.com. Damn, always where are we getting fed? We Cray- getting... Creighton, where can you learn more about getfedtoday.com? <laughs> And get fed What do you mean? <laughs> Why don't you explain what podcast. it is? It's a podcast. The easiest way to find it would be to search Get Fed Today on either Apple, Google, or Spotify. If you're using Spotify and you have issues, take it up with Spotify. I don't know why Spotify sucks, but here we are. So I'll explain, um, I'll explain this. So like I was about to, but no, cool, man. I, I'm just went right over I'm going to jump in there. So instead of, instead of like, don't, don't, talk, don't talk smack. So instead of like you going out and getting the five Bible studies that you can listen to for the week, uh, these very cool guys at Get Fed Today <laughs> uh, commandeer Bible studies across the internet of trustworthy Bible sources, good Bible teachers. These mysterious these men. These mysterious individuals who will rename nameless. Um, so they, they compile five studies. By ripping audio off of websites, mm. I a, and uh, yes. and if anyone ever wants their audio removed, we'll remove it. But you know, they I've always operated. It. I mean, they've always operated under the idea of it's better to apologize and ask for permission. So I got I got a question about the the podcast. Uh, does Amazon Prime have a podcast like <laughs> service, or are I we think all, they are, do. are they on that? Because if they are, there's also a good book that just yes, was released. There is. What was uh, the name of that book? Uh, I think it's a, um, a Prime Christmas, with, Amazon Christmas, uh, an Amazon, Amazon Christmas. Christmas, right? You, which you can find if they don't have a, a podcast. That's right. You can find an Amazon Christmas hardback, paperback, Kindle. But if you want the Lord, it's on GetFedToday.com. There you go, <laughs> Deal Daddy, bringing it back around. So that works. So anyway, back to you, Deal Daddy. Uh, it was kind of funny you were telling a story that at church. Somebody literally came up and introduced himself. Say, hey, you're Deal Daddy Derek. Oh, yeah, absolutely, brother. No, he knows who he is, and he's here, and he's watching. He'll probably comment. We spoke to each other during the line getting gumbo, so you know who you are. 
you always have beautiful, wonderful Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> so you know who you are. And then if you know who you are, go ahead and comment on the stream. Post some questions. Post something. That's we'll a good segue. It. So, Creighton, how can people interact with us in real time? Well, if they want to, which I understand if you don't because it's a madhouse. What? But if you want to, uh, I am the monitoring the comments on both Facebook and YouTube Thousands. for the live stream. Um, you can email me or Zach at uh, Pope Creighton. I forgot the email address. At Pope Creighton at gmail.com. How do you forget that email I don't address? know. Uh, Pope at gmail.com or the comment section on Facebook or YouTube. If it's a uh, nice, pithy comment that is interesting for the I topic like at hand. I now. like the word a lot, and it's funny that Josh doesn't. Um, I will read it out on uh, in the episode. Man, and you're we can killing talk this. About this. You're yeah, killing I know. It. Thanks. Hello. Yeah, you were really... very eloquent. Thanks, today. Rod. Love we you. Need an outlaw hydration test. Everyone who is at home drinking water. Every time Zach interrupts Creighton, take a sip of water. <laughs> You'll have drinking a lot. You'll be very ounces. hydrated before yeah. the end of the episode. <laughs> I see what you did again, Deal Daddy. Bring in the heat. <laughs> hey, so so. <laughs> Deal Daddy has now become the youth pastor at Calvary 316, yes, which is which is amen. a wonderful Let's thing. Some amens in the it's chat, a, Come a, on, amens. <laughs> and so I introduced him at, to the church. I was like, "So you guys mostly know him as Deal Daddy Derek. Uh, uh, around the church, he'll be known as Youth Daddy. Yeah, Pastor Daddy and Youth Daddy. <laughs> oh, Pastor Daddy's worse. Pastor Daddy. Daddy. Yeah, you got Mama, Daddy you got Mama, Mama K. Your Mama, Mama K, K and, and Mama and, K and Pastor and, Daddy. So we have we have two Gosh. we have two audience members here with us today which is always great. And it's, it's been a lot of fun. If you want to join us, uh, just come and hang out. Um, we've got plenty of extra chairs in the studio. Uh, Isaac, who was on last week, is with us. Isaac, welcome. Thank Glad you're here. You're well, wearing this very cool hoodie that says Football Mom. Yes. Very on brand. I love it. Yep. Love it's it. Representing. Representing, and I can't wait for you to finally partake of a McRib. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. We're also joined in studio by, by really, I would say, kind of, the newest friend of the show, uh, his name's Jonathan. He's become a good friend over the last few weeks, and um, and and the joke I was kind of cracking earlier that had no context to anyone is that our buddy Jonathan uh, just landed a uh, a new job. He's going to be taking uh, a, a pastorate role. I'm not going to name the church or any of that. Can I even do that? Did I just mess up? No. So I mean, your face isn't on this. I just used your first name. It's not like an official thing, but it's it's happened. He's the Lord's really opened an incredible door, and uh, he's been hanging out, out with us for the last few weeks. And so, from time to time, we're gonna have to fly him in uh, right. to be a guest and hang out, mm -hmm. and uh, and we'll do that for sure. So anyway, congratulations, Thank you. Uh, and we're real proud of you, and and just it, I say proud of you. Uh, we're proud of your wife for sticking with you. Uh, she had some options at her disposal. I don't know if you're aware, but uh, she had some options. She could have left, but she has stuck it out. And uh, and and you got a newborn, beautiful family, and and man, the Lord, just to see how His providence has has opened, just kind of the perfect door. So starting from a valley and then seeing you climb a mountain has has been very cool. So, um, Creighton, you said that you had a topic for tonight. Yes, I do. <laughs> Good. But, then, but then you but then i said i had a topic right but then isaac so said that what he do you want to do because you can't just say you had a, of course i have a topic for we tonight. have multiple topics for tonight why don't, why don't we do this why don't we start we, why don't we start this way since isaac has a topic you have you have a topic and i have a topic 
Why don't we see if Jonathan has a topic? Or the audience can vote. (laughs) Write them all down. The audience audience can jump in. (laughs) Does Jonathan have a question? We're going to put him on the spot. And if he doesn't, then we're going to go to Isaac first. And then we might go back to Jonathan. So you guys are here tonight. I've got something we can talk about. I actually have two different topics. Creighton does. You're you're laughing. Anybody commented on this nonsense? Uh, Not on this nonsense specifically. Um, Karen, Justin's second favorite Karen. Amen. Said, hmm. uh, yes. "Amen." Though I'm not sure to what. Amen. I didn't see I when said, it came up. Amens in the chat. Post <laughs> some amen. Up. That's Thank it. Amen. Dotson, let's get in there. Um, it was for your sweater. Tom says, "Aloha, boys." Aloha, boys. With Enjoy that McRib. Let's he get some also Hawaiian says, "Shirts in chat." He says, "Aloha, boys." Now back to my McRib. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, love. Brought to you by McDonald's. Oh, my good golly. Outlaw Radio Show. Karen also says congratulations to Jonathan. So, Karen says congratulations. And that's all that I've got so far. So, I should give an update. Oh, I lied. Okay. Nick says madness. That would be uh, Derek's brother-in-law, Nick. Nick Buddy, who was invited to come tonight and decided, like, hey, I'm too busy. He says madness. He says he's too busy. Totally right. He's watching. I know. And uh, Jack in the Box Jack. I don't want to use last names and Jack in the box. The first thing I we came call up him with. bass player, Jack, bass player, Jack. I like that. He says, uh, so pick a dang topic, which I agree with. Yes. So yeah, that's what we got. So Isaac, what do you got? So you had said something where we were talking about, uh, when, so no one can hear you. So I've got to kind of work this. So, you know, you got to get to it. All right. All right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here I we go. All right. Everybody take your sips. God's yep. relationship with hell is because you'd made a comment that basically <laughs> God's judgment determined which level of hell they would enter. Okay, real mm. quick. So we got to mm. talk about God's relationship to hell yes. and the context of continue. In the context of someone, you know, if they live a horrible life, look, I mean, you'd say Hitler. Like the various levels of hell and how that yes. relates. The way that you'd said it two weeks ago was like, kind of sounded like Satan was the jailer. And God was the judge. That Satan was the jailer. God was the judge. So, so really, you're asking, give me, give me a better biblical understanding of what hell is, how it functions, what's it for? Yeah, and how God determines. I mean, wouldn't it be? I mean, from Satan's perspective, wouldn't it be that the worse you are, the better you have it? Okay, so like, so from Satan's perspective, the worse you are, the better you have it, and it's the context that Satan is kind of the jailer of hell or the ruler of hell, and that this kind of plays into his own narcissism to a degree. Um, Creighton, you want to maybe try to maybe un, like summarize that question just for the audience? Like, I, I feel like I've got a good idea, but in working through that, I'm not sure the audience has a good idea of what the question is. Or Spice Daddy or somebody else. I can do my best. Um, right. I would say that I think, the, I think what you're trying to ask is um, if God judges people differently based on the way they live. What would be the differences in punishments in hell? And what is relation, what is Satan's relationship to punishment in hell? Like as in, is he in some way an authority as opposed to a captive? Well, isn't he going to get cast down into it later on anyway? Exactly. So let's, he's not really a jailer for sure. So let's get right to that. And, and I do think, I do think Isaac, you, you do, hit on a, a generalized um, and I think even intentional misconception and, and misconstruing of hell even by Satan. 
like like the way that we hear about hell or the way that hell's depicted in modern culture, even the way that Satan's depicted. You know, Satan is what was that what was that movie, the Adam Stanler movie? That would be Little Nicky. Little Nicky. Like like that that type of uh I don't want to say glorification, but it's a complete warping yeah. of of the reality of what the Bible says concerning hell. So first and foremost, um hell was and I don't have all the scriptures right there with me. I can we can feed that onto the feed if you if you need verification. But hell was created for Satan and the demons. Like it is a place of judgment. It's a place of torment. It's described with a lot of different terminologies. I think the most uh, descriptive and illustrative of which would be the lake of fire. Um, it is a place of torment, of punishment, um, of of eternal. Like Jesus described it as darkness. Um, the gnashing of teeth where the worm does not die, um, just a place of agony. Um, it's rough. Like, like if you could die, but still be alive while you're dying forever, it's kind of what hell is because Jesus said in the garden, the wages of sin is death. And so that, that judgment of, of, of sin being death that's why we call like hell an eternal death. It's an eternal punishment. But it was, but it was an instituted for Satan and the demons. Now, 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 why do you say that? How can you make that argument? Well, keep in mind, um, and, and I and I am, um, and again, there's there's some probably theological divergence in regards to the timeline here. Um, I'm of the opinion that that Satan uh, fell. And then probably in conjunction with falling, you had the tempting of Adam and Eve. Like there are some people that say that it happened between Genesis one and two. It's called the gap theory. Um, the point being is that Satan in the, in the angelic host fell from heaven and then humanity. I, I think it pretty much coincided, but in the moment hell was created as a place of punishment. First and foremost for Satan, the angelic host, what we know as demons, or I wouldn't say demons, but fallen angels, um, in fact, I wouldn't say demons. I would say fallen angels. So it's a place of punishment for them for eternity. Now, if you reject Christ, um, if you die without accepting the sacrificial work that Jesus did on your behalf, then the Bible is clear that you will be cast into the lake of fire. And this is at the great white throne judgment and what comes as a result of that. But, but with that context, understand that that. Hell was created as a place of punishment and torture for Lucifer, for Satan. He is not the ruler of hell. He doesn't have dominion over hell. In fact, if, if we're talking about like a, a tiered approach to the punishments of hell, uh, Lucifer is at the bottom of it all. Like he's he's got the worst of it, along with the fallen angels. Like they're, 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 they don't have any dominion there. In fact, we're told that who has dominion over hell? God does. Yep. That, so God, that God has dominion over hell. Was yeah. hell created by God or is it a natural byproduct of sin? Like just because they can't be in the presence of God because of sin and it was just like a rip in time and space kind of thing, uh, like a natural byproduct of the sin. So, or is it actually created by God for the purpose of punishment? So I would say yes. That makes sense. I, I guess. <laughs> that, I, it, no, no, but like, let me articulate. Was 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 God sitting there going, like a Bob Ross kind of thing? Let me 
paint this little. Just pull it out. Just right. pull it out. <laughs> or or at the happy little or accident. Or at that moment that you know Satan sinned, or the moment Adam and Eve sinned, like whoever sinned, because God cannot be <clears throat> cannot be in the presence of the sin. Was that just a natural? So we have no. We we don't know when hell was created. The Bible doesn't tell us when okay. hell was created. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't tell us. Um, and you could say, well, it, it came into existence at the fall of, of Satan. I, I guess that's whatever. My question. Did God create it or was it created? Well, okay, I can, I can, I can say this: Do you make decisions or is God sovereign and determined it? It comes back to the same ultimate argument, in in the sense of like, did did God know Satan was going to do his thing? Yeah, he did, because the angelic host was at the point of creation. Humanity was. Mm. And so the fallenness of, of God never determined or planned for any human being to ever go to hell. Hell was the natural consequence of what was going to be for Satan and the fallen angels. It just so happened that humanity followed into the same rebellion that the rest of the angelic host did, along with Lucifer, and find themselves in the same subsequent destination. Um, so, you know, I, I have a hard time, and this gets into some really deep theology, Um Did God want Adam, like, 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 want is the wrong word. Okay, God knew Adam and Eve would sin. And much the same way that God knew Lucifer would sin too. But I think the purpose in creating Lucifer knowing he would sin is different than his creating of Adam knowing he would sin. And here's the difference. There's a path of redemption for the seed of Adam. There's no line of redemption for those who have followed Lucifer. It's almost as though God, it, like in his sovereignty, was like, okay, the, the crescendo of creation is man, not the angels. It's, it's Adam. And the only way that Adam can love me, I don't really care about the angels loving me. That's not their purpose. Adam, that's the point of loving. But the only way that Adam can fully love me is for there to be free will involved. Like Adam has to be able to choose to love me, which demands the freedom to choose not to love me, which is the whole idea of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam was given at least an avenue that he had a choice. God gave him one commandment. Man, you've got a beautiful woman, you're naked, you have a whole garden full of fruit, eat, enjoy, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. There's one tree don't touch. <laughs> it's like it's 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 like the most basic that Still God gave could him do. The choice from the very beginning. Right at the very beginning, but it was like like I have to give you a choice. So that you're going to be obedient. So that you can actually, in a free will demonstration, say, I love you back. Mm -hmm. The only way I can do that is to give some alternative path. But again, so you have Adam with a conscience. Free will and a conscience. And even an option. But none of that works without their existing a temptress or a tempter. Which is why I think that, again, going back to the dynamic of, of, of Lucifer and Adam and there being different paths, I think God created Lucifer knowing what would happen, but there being an intention behind that. And the intention behind that is that that reinforces the free will of man to make a decision to love God. Because he's even making the decision to love God, not just within the context of there being an avenue of rebellion, but even the tempting or the alternate voice appealing to his own conscience about it. So hell was always determined for Satan and, and the angels, never for man, but the wages of sin is death. 
And so that, that then goes back into the, the question of <clears throat> if you die in your sins, your trespasses, if you die saying, um, I've rejected Jesus' atoning work, I'll take it on myself, well, then you'll stand at the great white throne judgment. Your life will get weighed. Mm. <clears throat> your good works, your evil deeds will get measured, and you're going to be judged in hell accordingly. I do believe that there's a tiered judgment because that fits within the concept of justice. You know, if everyone that's guilty of a crime gets the same punishment, is that just? Isaac, we would say no, right? I mean, if, if you if you have a minor parking violation, again, you broke the law, and you murder 30 people. You both broke the law. Do you get the same punishment, same judgment? No, because justice exists. <laughs> it, it gets weighed. It gets measured. And I think that the same thing, just because of the nature of God, I think that hell... And your experiences in hell, there is a, 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 a scope to that. I would also, if you want to flip it, say the same thing about heaven. Um, I think heaven will be heaven for everybody. But I think your capacity to enjoy heaven will be determined about the decisions that you make on earth. Because again, I think that, that fits. We know a lot of things about God. He's just, he's merciful, but he's, but he's, and he's gracious. But he's true. Like he's fair. And, and I think that, that that ends up being one of the great things that, that this, you know, that people miss about God, and that is that is it's his fairness. And people will say, well, what about the person that, that at the end of their life lived a miserable life? They, they, you know, on their deathbed, give their life to Jesus. Yes, they do go to heaven, but that is not, they won't have the same experience. Doesn't that kind of open it up for... So, so I've got a question coming back from Isaac here. You're describing that people will have kind of a tiered heaven as well. Yes. I'm assuming we'll still be human. In a sense, we'll still have the same tendencies in heaven. So how would one person who's on, let's say, tier one, the lowest tier, I mean, wouldn't that open them up to a possibility of sin for or have jealousy of someone in tier See, 10. No, I think so the the idea that within heaven that you could have jealousy, hey, I'm a servant, that that like we're in a concept where sin has been paid for, it's been redeemed, it's been satisfied. Sin's no longer in the equation. Like the that 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 natural human compulsion of compare self-comparison, jealousy, envy of varying positions. And, and the Bible's clear that we will have varying roles within the kingdom of God based upon the life that we're living now. At the same time, there is no sin. Like that that sin nature is completely gone. Like the full ramifications of salvation have reached their their the the end conclusion, their totality. And and so when we think like, well, I might be jealous of of Creighton, you know, for am, Yeah, right. We all are <laughs> for whatever position he has and the king like we look at that from the vantage point of fallenness. But from the vantage point of, of full redemption, that, that that's not going to exist anymore. I'm I'm just and we'll be set we'll be satisfied. No, free will won't, won't exist no longer in heaven. Okay. Free I, because our free will already existed. Like I'm we've all, made a decision. All I'm worried about is the table full of food and playing football in the big big yard. <laughs> the McRib, right? The McRib, the McRib. That is, it, and it'll be lamb. There was the People McRib from Adam. No, yeah, it was. <laughs> oh gosh. See, the McRib will the not McRib be there. The McRib from Adam because the McRib is pork and Jesus is Jewish. No, no, no. So. The McRib is a mystery meat. No one knows what the McRib is. It could 
could be anything, really. That's yeah. what makes it glorious. The McRib is people. Uh, we have a comment from <laughs> my mother, um, and she says, Judgment at any level for all eternity is a sad reality. There is no reset, no get out of jail free. So sad. It is what it is. That's what we're called to do. We live our lives out here, and then when we die, you judge. You know, when you do, along those lines, though, when you do really think of it in that context, that eternity, our experience of an eternity, is determined by the decisions in a very temporal, momentary, like, sliver of our existence. Like, it adds weight to what we do now, doesn't it? Tells it tells us this mm-hmm. isn't our home. This isn't where we're meant to be. So it's about what we do now that determines where our home is going to be and what it is going to contain. So we're not meant for this world. E- even even then, it's like we're not meant for this world, but we are meant for a role in this world. N- not right now. Mm-hmm. Like So, like, my ministry on this earth... So I, okay. So I started ministry when I was young, full-time ministry when I was young. So let's say like in, in totality, you know, I've served Jesus in a, in a, in a official capacity for let's say 60 years when it's all said and done, right? That 60 year service of the Lord determines what my role and capacity will be and a thousand year millennial kingdom of Christ. So like, what am I really working for? Like, you know, like people will take, like people will take like, okay, I'm going to go work a really terrible job as a pre-med student at a hospital. And they work terrible dog hours, but they suck it up. Why? Because they know at some point they'll get like 20 years where they're the, the guy. And it's like, okay, I worked 60 years here on earth. I don't care what it is. Like I'm just being faithful to Jesus and faithful what he puts in front of me. Why? Because I'm I'm interviewing for a thousand year occupancy. Right? I mean, it's a totally different way of thinking about your current moment. Yeah, for sure. Well, the Lord's gonna judge me about today. No, he's gonna judge you about today for the role you have for a thousand years. Right? Are you just talking about on earth? Well, it'll be on earth. Okay. And when, when he comes back. When he comes back, there's a millennial reign of Christ. Where Jesus rules and reign, and we're told that as as believers that we we're ministers of the kingdom, like we have a role within the kingdom on earth, which is the craziest thing. Like when you really think about it, and I taught a Bible study. I don't know if you remember it, Creighton, in Revelation, where I talked about like let's let's actually break down what your future is, and it's and 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 this is the thought that people don't really get. Like, do you as a Christian, when you die on earth? And I almost did. I don't know if you know that. No, I don't think we've mentioned it. I don't know if that's come up. But, like, I'll use myself as as an example. So, January 4th of 2022, I go to the hospital. Let's say in three days I died. Right? Do you realize that's not my last time on earth? Like, okay, I I die. And And then I go to heaven. And I'm going to hang out with Jesus for a little while. And at some point, a bunch of you guys join us and we party for seven years. And then at some point at the end of those seven years, Jesus is like, yo, guys, we're rolling back to earth. Back to what? I'm going to go from heaven 
And now I'm going to go back to there. And Jesus is like, yeah. And it's even worse now than it was when you left it. <laughs> and we jump on a horse and the eternity parts and Jesus goes riding in a white stallion. And we're like, okay, here we go. And then we're, we're, we're with Jesus. And Jesus comes down and he touches down on the Mount of Olives. I'm just, I'm run, running. I'm not doing anything. You know, I, I, I'm I like think, the apple dumpling guy. I think you, I, I think you have to paint the picture though. This is not a nice. Oh visitation. no! The world, the world is gathered to take on Jesus. <laughs> like this, this is a full-on battle. Yeah, like, and Jesus slays everyone with a sword, and blood runs, and and his robe, Jesus's robe, is scarlet by the end of it, because of the slaughter Armageddon. And then there's like a hundred and twenty day period, according to Daniel twelve, I think it is where the nations are gathered and there's an organization, there's a restoration. And then he initiates his kingdom and we're there like organizing the people because we're part of Jesus's crew. And then for the next thousand years, we're back on earth doing some job for all I know, man, I died at Piedmont Walton. And then like, at some point I'm back at Piedmont Walton doing, I don't know what, Hopefully something cool. I'd like to be at the beach, Jesus. Uh, that would be great. Um, but but I mean seriously, like that's the that's the. Or if you don't die in Christ, then you're waiting in Hades another thousand years until the Great White Throne Judgment when you get your sentence for eternity. So I mean, you get to pick and choose what what your future looks like. It's probably an eternity of eating McRibs. You mean heaven? Absolutely. Oh, by the way, I looked up the ingredients of McRib. McDonald's has it all on their website. No one, no, that's a that's a that's a, a false flag from McDonald's.com. No, fake website. All right, fake news. Fake news. Yeah, not true. I, I do appreciate you turning that topic back to the McRib somehow. Well, you know, I do my best. Honestly, any topic can be returned. Every topic can be returned it's like the to the root of all goodness. All goodness. You know, you're picking it up. I, I appreciate that. Quarter, the root of all. So, any any comments about that particular topic? Extract. Um, bass player Jack thought that you made a lot of good points. He mentioned that. Um, we're gonna call him. Six, then, we're gonna call him Six String Jack. Six String Jack. That's his uh, nickname. My mother also because says because you have two strings okay. that aren't necessary for a bass guitar. that should only be four right now. Because well, I'm 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 talking to Six String I'm Jack. On the, I'm on the camera. My mother. Says uh, the Satan used the argument. Always that comes hell back doesn't to your mother, exist. doesn't it? Everything comes back to my mother. She's the best mother. Uh, she says Satan uses the argument that hell doesn't exist or is a party, which I agree with. I think that I is totally a, agree. Yeah, absolutely a lie from Satan, and I think that it is well done. I think he's planted that lie very well. I'd rather Having party with my friends in hell than, than right. You don't go there for the the. You don't go there for the climate. You go over there for the company. It's like right. oh. So Sabrina, what is Sabrina? Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, the Teenage Witch, the show. But the newest one. The newer, there's a new, it was so good the first time they made a newer one? They did, yeah, and I watched it. And, and you watched it. Of course, did. if you're wearing a football mom sweatshirt, <laughs> you're watching Sabrina the Teenage Listen Witch. Here, I don't you, need your judgment, okay? You are from Oregon. <laughs> you you're from Oregon. Um, See, you don't have a mic. You can't defend yourself. I can't. You, the, the audience is only getting my side, yeah. Yeah, but that's how it is. Everyone since the beginning of time coming back to earth with Jesus? 
I'm sorry. I was reading a text message. I wasn't listening to you at all. Yeah, you're also still on screen. Uh, we don't and I am. I mean, I was. Like, yes, right. No, this, I totally failed. At this. I failed because the other audience member sent me a text message, bringing in some scripture verses. You should send that to some one of the other guys. Sorry. Yeah, send that. Like literally, send that to one of the other. Yeah. I sorry. I know. I just this was a, this was a programming error. I just totally blew it. No one could hear that you said it was unforgivable. It was unforgivable, really, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Why don't you get the tech? They were good. It was a good verses that how, he a- added in. How would you address somebody who he was saying something is longing for the millennial reign to continue the race now? Well, hold on, let's go to mine. Yeah, let's so go to Jonathan's. Because, hey, that's it. That's what I'm talking. So my question, my topic, to go along. Derek, with- you're gonna have to take his question into the mic. You don't have to. Okay, I guess we can do that. We're passing a mic around now. Deal daddy's doing the deal. Deal daddy's, deal daddy. Okay, we're getting Jonathan. Actually, his voice, we've removed all mystery. Here I am. We've got, we've got, this show's off the rails. This is Derek's mic. He's changing to that, his camera and... Derek. No, we can't. We can't do all that. We, we've we've expanded the technology. Okay, so the the, the switch it back to Derek though. Camera. Someone is born again, ashes in their heart, repents of their sins. The Holy Spirit comes into their life to to transform them. But now, when someone starts to live a life of sin. I'm sorry, sorry, Jonathan. Derek's mouthing you like he's pretending he to be doing it for you. So, oh my good golly! This you were, you were, he was mouthing yeah. it. So, <laughs> so the topic is <laughs> the verse going along with it is First John one six. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. And here we have an example example in First Samuel sixteen fourteen. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distress, a dis, this distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And then also we have an example from David in Psalms 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. So how do we know, how does somebody know that they do not have unity with the Lord because they're living a life of sin and they've walked away from the Lord. What are some evidences in their life? So that's a great question. And, and it's very different from deal daddies. So we'll, we'll do that one and then we'll, I'll get to deal daddies. Uh, I, I will, I will be Frank. I'll be Zach, but I'll be Frank. Saul is, I think one of the most perplexing characters in all of scripture. Like, and when we talk about Saul, we're not talking about Paul. We're talking actually about King Saul. Like, and again, some of the language that's used about Saul in relation to God's sovereignty and his free will and how all that plays out, Saul is perplexing, um, which is one of the reasons that I, I, mean, I haven't really reached a solid conclusion about Saul. So I haven't taught on it. <laughs> like if, I, if, I, if I don't really know, I just, I, I haven't been led there. And I don't have a, a real, um, a real solid handle on on King Saul in particular, um, because then you get like, is Samuel talking to him, or is God using a demon later in life? Like it's it's like, good question. He, again, he's it's, he's a, he's a, he is very very. Why is he king to begin with? Because he's from the the tribe of Benjamin, which he should have never been. 
But we're told that God would have blessed him and made his lineage. He would have used him. But like that, that defies then prophecy. Like again, Saul, just getting, getting to it. Saul's complicated to the essence of your question, trying to maybe pull a little further back from Saul. Um, how do you know that you've lost that connection, that fellowship? Saul's not the topic. Right. Saul's not the topic. He's the illustration of the topic. So that's why I want to try to divorce the two things because I, I don't, whatever I say next, I don't want it to be applicable to Saul because Saul's an, an outlier in a lot of sense. Um, I would say that, that it's, it's um, let me maybe even phrase it this way. When do you know that you've made the decision to jump out of your relationship with Jesus? If you have the free will to like reject Christ, even after accepting him, when do you know that you've rejected him? Um, that makes sense. Like there's a, lot of people that don't know. there's a lot of people that don't know. There's a lot of people that are living thinking they're good with God yeah. through Jesus, but they're not good with Jesus. Right. And Jesus even addresses that where he's like, Hey, so there's going to be people that say, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. And Jesus is like, I, I don't know you. Right. Um, so how do you know? Um, I'm not, I don't want to dodge it, but I, I think I want to like leave that question with the overarching sentiment of scripture. Cause I don't think the scriptures really have a, like a solid definitive answer to it, but the, the scriptures do leave you with a, a good impression. And the impression is if you're a struggling Christian, so like you're a believer and you're struggling and it's killing you and like and, and you're doing your best and you're just dealing with condemnation and, and guilt and, and you feel the remorse of it and you're, and you're trying like, but you're just dealing with this cycle, man. There's, I can put you a hundred scriptures that encourage you. That's like, Hey, keep on, man. It's okay. There's no condemnation in Christ. His grace is sufficient. Like keep running the race and a running is hard. And, 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 and it's, you're going to struggle with that. Like, Okay. So the Bible gives plenty of encouragement on the flip side to it for the person that's like, I'm a believer, I'm in Christ and I'm doing my own thing and I'm not feeling any, any remorse. I'm making excuses for it. I'm playing the grace. I can do anything card. You can do all that. Like where that line of demarcation, I don't know. Other than the fact I can put you to like a hundred other scriptures that say you're in danger, man. Like you can keep playing with that and wake up one day on the other side of eternity and realize you were messing with the wrong thing. And I can, and like the Bible gives enough encouragement to the struggler and it gives enough warning to the person tiptoeing with things they shouldn't willfully, you know? And, and so that's, and I know that's not an answer answer, but I think that's how the scriptures leave it. We're like, if you're the struggling Christian, but your heart's sincere, like I want to do the right thing. I'm just like Paul says, I will to do the things that I want to do and I don't do them. And the things I don't want to do, I, I do them. And like, there's that process to it, which is why there's no condemnation. But on the flip side to it, the Bible says there are those who have tasted and have walked away. And, um, and I think that there, that for some, again, according to Jesus, there's some that don't know it until the other side of eternity when they're shocked. And they say, Lord, Lord, Lord. And Jesus is like, I don't know you. That's a shock to them. Not so much to the Lord. Now, back to Derek's question. Does that, does that, was that, that I nail what you were looking for? Generally speaking? I mean, it is a pretty big topic. 
It's a big topic. It could be its own episode. I think it was a great, a great angle to go. Deal Daddy, you talked about the millennial kingdom and our time now. I thought that was very yeah, and just longing for heaven in general. Like, is honestly because I I could say that I definitely struggle with this a lot, where I find myself aching for the redemption of this flesh to just be in heaven if we're not made for here. And, but the Lord has given me a purpose. He's given me a calling. He wants me to, uh, like, I, he is glorified through what I do on here. If I'm choosing to serve him and choosing to follow him, when the want to just be in heaven starts to outweigh the, you spoke on this a while ago in a couple of sermons of being tired in the race versus being tired of the race. Yeah. What is some encouragement for someone who is tired of the race where the longing of heaven far surpasses the want to continue the race. There's the great question. I think very applicable, especially in these days. It's, it's, we live in a tie, like the last few years have been tiring, especially for those that are trying to do good and run, run faithful. It's been a hard few years. Not, not to say that there are other times in history that have been maybe even harder, but I didn't live then. I live now. There's an old saying uh, that I have wrestled with for years. I heard it in Bible college and just shirked at it. And just, I've had this weird back and forth with a quote. And the quote is that there are some people that are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. You ever heard that phrase? Mm -hmm. I forget who, who the quote came from. Maybe it was DL Moody or might've been Moody. It was not Joel Osteen. It was T.D. Jakes. Probably not. Um, That's why you're here. Uh, But that you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Um, And and to me, it's like, like I get that. And I've wrestled with it in in a lot of different ways. Uh, Because it's like, well... You know, you could be so earthly minded that you're not heavenly relevant. (laughs) That's the inverse. You can go around and around with it. And like where I've kind of landed is like, it's almost, it's almost like you have to be heavenly minded to be earthly good. Like what gives us at the end of it all, the motivation to endure. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, it's heaven. It's heaven. Like when I'm tired in the race, when I'm tired of, of, of what I'm, what's laid before me, when I'm tired of service or the ministry that God's given me, when I'm tired of what he said to be faithful with, when I'm tired, like what makes me earthly good? What gives me the gumption, the, the, the motivation to persevere? It is that heavenly mindedness. It is that understanding of like, Hey, this is, but for a moment, there are bigger things at play. Um, and Jesus could come any moment. Like any moment, this could be over. Mm-hmm. And so for the person that is like, like, I do know what you're saying. Like I have met people that were so like, I'm ready to go to heaven. that They didn't give a flip about earth. And that's the wrong perspective. Mm-hmm. Like if you really understand heaven, then it makes the moment right now or what hardship you're facing, right? Whatever it is right now gives it a different context. And I think that that's significant. I think that's important. I think that's why Jesus, you know, 
kept putting our focus on eternity so that you know, like um I think it's very well illustrated in the old classic Pilgrim's Pilgrim's Progress. You know, just the like there is an upward gaze. Like you'll never get someplace. You'll never get from from A to C. Like you'll never reach a destination. Like you have to have a destination. Like you'll just wander without a destination. Mm-hmm. And our destination is heaven. So you have to say, well, well, then what does that look like? Well, that looks like the path that I, I walk today. You know what I mean? And I think that I think the two really do interconnect. And I think if you're tired, if you're frustrated, if you're worn out, um, you need you need to look up and get a vantage point, get a view of of what's really at play, of what's really on the horizon, of what really matters. Um, and, and, and and you know, I find that that's most helpful in my own personal struggles. Um, you know, when you're struggling with something, it's like this is very temporal. Like I'm gonna have flip flippy floppy tilapias, not forever, not even on this earth, but definitely not in heaven. Um, if I went to hell, maybe, you know. But like, like it, it gives you the vantage point of the like what I'm dealing with right now is really in the grand scheme of my eternity. Doesn't matter. Which, which, I, let me even illustrate that in like this weird microcosm that I'm dealing with right now. So I'm physically like basically normal. Like there's, there's like, I'm close with my fingers. Like I'm very close. Um, but like generally speaking, I have no limitations with any, I was able to pick up Mabel, put her over the dog gate, pick her back up. Like I did that today. Just Amen. not thinking That's about it. Awesome. And I got done. I was like, man, like I've got my strength back. Like That's I awesome. like, but I'm telling you a year ago, this time last year, wouldn't even have thought of it, dude. I would, I would, I would have been depressed thinking about that. Like that's just a year ago. And if I had a year ago allowed that moment to depress me, like, like what did I have to always look at? They told me I'm going to heal. They told me I'm going to get back to normal. They told, like, I have a future here. I know what my future will look like. So I'm bummed out in the moment. I can't pick up my daughter. But this is just temporary. And you know what? That would give me the strength to be like, okay, I'm going to just endure the next day. Persevere the next day. Work through the next day. Get, do the, the one small thing to get better the next day. Um, so I, I think in, in a, a very a mini way, I think that there's an, an illustration of a larger principle of life. Of like, we feel like we're gimp and we can't run and... But it, but we're gonna run. One day, mm. like the things you're struggling with right now, keep struggling through them. One day, they won't be a struggle anymore, and it might not be till the other side. But that's okay because there's a lot more life there than there is here. Mm. That's really hard for a lot of people to do, though. It is hard for a lot of people to Most do. This is Isaac rather, jumping in. Most people, instead of going to the gym, they'd rather eat a McRib. And I'm just using. That you just threw out a McRib reference. I'm just saying. Well, that's why the Lord predetermined that the McRib wouldn't come out until I had recovered. It was a reward. Uh, one of my favorite, something that I Providence. say a lot to myself when either I'm depressed or I'm going through something or a friend of mine is going through something, uh, like when you were dead, 
Um, <laughs> one of the things that I like to say to friend. myself a lot um, is uh, everything is okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. Because it's absolutely true. Because the end is heaven. Like, yeah. post-millennial reign, post-new heaven and earth. That's the end. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, what well, would have been f- really funny. What in the world? You have spun your mic around so oh much my good it golly. fell off. This is what's happening with the episode. We're going to Sp- put you no, on Flip it to Spice right Daddy real quick yep. because he's... He's he's messed up his mic entirely. He's got it. He's got and it. now he's, he's professional. We're professionals here. <laughs> so before you get back to him, I, I, let me add like what will be really funny if I had died. You were gonna get to heaven, and I was gonna be there. Be like, yo, what's up, bro? Well, yeah, I know that. Yeah, and I would have been like, and maybe I would have died. You were already there, and I would have been like, dude, where have you been the last forty years? I had like stuff wrapped up in your life and you just left or you woke up in heaven and realized that you and I had already been hanging out for another 40 years because you were already there. Well, so comments, um, (laughs) Karen made a good observation about, um, Jonathan's question, which is that the difference between someone who has walked away from Christ and someone who hasn't would be the conviction of the Holy spirit. Um, she said the difference is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. If I'm not convicted, I don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, I think I think that that's a really good observation from from Karen. Um, again, the challenge with that, Justin, you're going to need to pull the pole out of that. that Just component. hold the mic. Yeah. I'll do it later. Yeah, good grief. Good grief, Creighton. This is what's going on. So... Um, the, the only thing I would, I would add is like, there's, there's a working of the Holy spirit in our lives. Like, I think even as a Christian, there are certain things that we do and that we lose a sensitivity to, even though they're wrong, that don't necessarily constitute like a full walking away from Christ. Interesting. Like Timothy, Paul talks about the searing of one's conscience. And I think that that's a larger thing that happens from consistent rebellion against God across a myriad of issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I think w- when it comes to our lives, like, you know, and let's be real, like there are some things like in my life, there's a lot of things that are bad in my life, right? I'm, 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 I mean, I'm your human. life. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm right. Not I mean, mine. I'm great. I'm you consistently choose to do the wrong thing that you're not going to feel the same remorse for it anymore. Cause you're not being convicted of it. Cause you blatantly, chose to sin. My point is, I think it's a wider thing. Like, like it, it, so there are certain things, okay, that the Lord is working in my life. And there are some things that the Lord is convicting me of. And I'm sensitive to that. And like, he's working those things. Right. And then there's like, maybe one other thing where I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, not so much. That one's going to stay where that one. And then, and then at some point the Lord will get to that. He'll keep, like, I'm kind of searing that, but like, I think the searing of one's conscience is when someone is really making the decision, I'm doing whatever I want. Like, there's not a sensitivity. There's not a struggling. Like, again, it's not like sin, me versus sin. It's me versus a lot of different sins. I, like, I, I might be really focused on a whole bunch of these sins, and there's some other ones I'm unaware of. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. the, like it, what you mean is like, no one 
sear, no one um, sears their conscience or blasphemes the Holy Spirit by accident. Like you don't get to that point. Like I like you're not you're not in church one Sunday and then searing the Holy Spirit the next Sunday. Right. You don't do it by accident. And it's it and is I, a it's deliberate. A, consistent effort and I would to say push it's not, away it's, from And God. it's not a one-issue thing. This is my point. It's not a mm-hmm. one-issue thing. It's more of a totality of an attitude. Oh, I think mm-hmm. the biggest indicator of that is pride. Yeah. Yes. Pride and I agree. Right. And I, I, I mean, you consistently see that through all the way from Satan all the way <laughs> to Adam and Eve to the very beginning. It, it was, it's a, ultimately a pride issue. Uh, you know, yeah. If you eat this fruit, you'll be just like God. that's a, that's a pride issue. And so I think that's the biggest indicator is how much pride do you have in, in the sin? You know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all about me, pride, selfishness. Mm -hmm. That that's, I think that's the biggest indicator of. So, so real quick, I'm going to pivot hard another direction. I want to throw out a thought. Something that before you do, I have one last comment question. Cause I got some that, that can take five to 10 minutes. It'll be fun. Okay, so last comment question. This one is from Six Bass Jack or whatever you called him. Six String Jack. Six String Jack. He said, so in the 1,000-year rule, what about the children, what about the newborn children? Would they have free will? Because you said that we wouldn't have free will after. I do. No, no, no. That, I think that's an easy, easy answer. So at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, there is a final rebellion that takes place. Um, I don't think that the rebellion of those human beings are, are the remnant that have survived uh, the tribulational period. There's a little debate. It's one of the few topics that I disagree with David Guzik on. David Guzik actually thinks that you can survive the tribulational period, not be a believer, and still make it into the millennial reign of Christ. I, I disagree with that. That's a whole other topic for another day. Um, I think that there's the Bible describes the, the the gathering of the rebellious. I don't think that there's anybody that fits into that category. Um, I think the people that make it into the millennial reign are the Jewish believers in Jesus that have survived and the remnant of whatever Christians that have survived, which are collected from the four corners of the earth. There are they're humans. There are children born in the millennial reign of Christ. Again, they're born with free will. Again, they have Jesus ruling and reigning on the throne. And you might be like, how could anyone ever reject Jesus when Jesus is there? Adam and Eve did. Yeah, Adam and Eve did. Yeah, absolutely. There's plenty of examples of the depravity. And and basically, the world does. Mm-hmm. And, then the, and it just illustrates the full depravity of man, that even with Jesus ruling and reigning, the sin nature within man is irredeemable in, in the sense of like it, it, it has to be judged. Um, so I, I, it's a good question. That would be, I think a very simple answer to it. Agreed. Um, let, let me throw out a, a fun thought. So I, um, uh, a few couple of years ago, so, so my, my son's 11, eight and my daughter is five. Um, we went, uh, a few years ago, one of like, you struggle as an adult to find movies that you enjoy and your kids enjoy. A lot of the times it's, it's your kids really love a movie and you're like, this is terrible. Um, but we're going to enjoy it. Frozen, frozen two. Uh, I, I, I want to just pull my ears, my hair out, um, my ear hair out. Um, it's true pain. Yeah. Or nose hairs. They'll Mm. bring tears to your eyes. Mm. Like it's just, it's just, you know, and then, you know, back in the day they had like Shrek where you're like laughing as an adult and you're like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, this humor, I think he might, might be even above my kid. Um, 
Spider-Man, the 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 Spider-Verse movie, the very first one, was was one of the first movies that that my boys and I we loved it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very well written. I thought the the cinematography, the the graphic illustration of it, the the way that it was like it was it won awards. Like my kids enjoyed it. They loved it. Um, I enjoyed it. Well, they just came out with the, with the new one. I think it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And so if you don't know anything about this movie, the idea of the movie is that Spider-Man exists in multiple universes. And he has a different presentation in those universes. It's all Spider-Man, but Spider-Man exists in time and multiple dimensions. And so the idea of the movie is that these Spider-Men because of a villain, there's a whole story, they end up crossing through the dimensions, which I think is an interesting idea, the interdimensionality of, of things. The newest one had like, um, they called it the canon. It was like the canon of Spider-Man, that like every Spider-Man throughout all of the different dimensions, even though they were different in their own way, there was a canon. A canon event. There was a canon event of their life. Like certain things had to happen in their life for them Uncle to be Uncle Ben spot. has to die. Uncle yeah. Ben has to die. Uh, has to become a commissioner. There's right. all the the uh, uh, the spider has to bite them. Like there's mm-hmm. all these things that have to happen. Which in this in the movie Miles Morales um, should have never been. He broke the canon, and so this creates all kinds of complications within the Spider Verse. I bring that up because I'm watching this movie. I'm like, this is this is trippy. This is really really trippy, and such it's such an interesting thing that this is this is an idea, this interdimensionality, that's being like propagated in mainstream culture within Spider Man to like our children, and th- and then it's like. I don't know if you guys ever watched the the the, the TV show, um, Man in the Iron uh, Man Iron, in the High Castle. Man in the High Castle, um, which was a, an idea that like it was it was it was the world, but the Nazis had won. the The Nazis and the Japanese had won World War II, and the 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 Third Reich controlled basically everything east of the Rocky Mountains. Uh, the The Empire of Japan controlled everything west of the Rocky mountains, the Rocky mountains were kind of like a neutral zone, but like they won America fell. We lost the war. The allies lost the war and the world. And so Hitler's alive, this, that, and the other, but man in the high castle is that in the first season, you get these videotapes that are circulating that show another reality, the reality that we know that the allies won. And it was a totally different thing. And you're like, what, like what is going on? And, and again, statute of limitations have passed, but like what, what's going on is that there's two different dimensions happening at the same time. And then you end up with characters moving from one dimension to the other and go, and back and forth. Like it's a, it's a trippy thing. Did not end well. The show kind of fell off the rails last, last season. Interdimensional My, TV shows always do. They do. Um, yes. Oh, fringe. Well, Heroes is another one that just yes, fell is. off the rails. But but here's my point. So, so you get to certain passages. I'm just going to read a couple of them in the book of Revelation. Then I saw the fifth, fifth angel sound, a star fallen from, 
from heaven to earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. He opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power. As the scorpions of the earth have power, they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment when a scorpion strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death, will not be able to find it. They will desire to die, and death will free flee from them. And then we're given like a description of what these locusts look like. And then the sixth trumpet, the sixth angel sounded. I heard a voice, four corners from the altars of God. Six trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the day and the hour, the month and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. And the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates. And it's, it's a description by these, a, a, a by these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by fire and smoke and brimstone came out of their mouth. And like, there's a couple other examples um, of like really trippy things happening. And the locusts, we could say, oh, demons. And then the Euphrates, we, we, you know, there's the argument, well, it's China, which I don't, I don't really agree with. Like, what if the easiest explanation for certain really trippy things that happen? in the book of revelation is that is that even the secular world is preparing humanity for the inevitability that there is going to be this really weird clash at some point between our dimension and others, whether it's dimensions that just provide a gateway of demons or if there's even other things that come into play. Like, again, you watch the Spider-Verse thing and you're like, this is so trippy. This explains so much in the book of Revelation. Okay, so now I have to mention what my question was going to be today. Because it comes from Robert, who's been on the show before. His question was, um, if God is infinite and has always been, will always be, are we the only things he's created? Like, is there other creation out there? Oh, God said, either in other dimensions to the world, and that's it. I I don't necessarily his only disagree begotten with you. Son into the world so that we could be saved by him. Why would he bother creating anything? We, else I think we are the to only send one. his multiple sons. We're the only ones created in okay. His image. So listen, here's the deal. We've just teased. Yeah, it's nine oh seven. We've teased. Yeah, yeah. We've set up the next episode. Uh, we've never done a tease. No, we haven't. We've set up a tease. So we introduced an idea and <laughs> we can <laughs> we play with that next week. But you guys know what I mean about the inter... inter like, yeah. have you noticed that there's so many movies and TV shows oh, that everything. are playing with that idea? Look up CERN, the, like, the Hydron Collider. Well, the Hydron you, Right, right. Have, no, you, yeah. have you seen this, uh, the, this new Christian movie that's coming out about the yeah. a retelling of the story of Job? Yeah, Job. It's basically a modern retelling of the story of Job using multidimensional... I don't know anything about that, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to bring that up. We should go watch it. Is it already out? It's coming out. They have select dates for when it's going to be out, but it would be, I've never even heard of this. I've been seeing a bunch of trailers for it. I'm like, I'd like to go see this. 
So I got a text message from uh, Six Finger Jack. <laughs> six String Jack. Six String Jack. Six Finger Rolling. Six String Jack. Six Finger Jack. Dude, first time watching. Really enjoyed it, bro. Love you. Mean it. So thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. He's probably already tuned out because we got. He weird. did leave a comment that said, "Love you all. My bet is calling." Yeah, yeah, he's out. So anyway, we we done. We good. Yeah. You got any final thoughts? Any any other any other things on the inter, interwebs? Uh, we're good on the interwebs. I have all kinds of thoughts. We have gone everywhere this episode, but that's okay. Yeah. It Next was week a hot we're mess talking from the about uh, really. creation, and at some point we're gonna get to Mormonism. <laughs> there you go. Promise. There you go. Deal Daddy, thank you for being with us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I'm absolutely thankful to be here. Now I'm excited for next week, too. So. There you go. So if people don't know this, when you're not on, you're watching, which is yeah. great. Yeah, absolutely. Either the night of or the day after. Which so. is an important point, because even if you miss the live show, yeah, uh, you can listen to the podcast, YouTube, which is the audio, Spotify, but you can Apple. also watch. You can watch the YouTube version. You can still watch and catch up mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and our ugly mugs, which, uh, you know, the mustache is coming in. I feel feel confident about it. That's insulting. Is that what happened? The mustache is insulting? No, Agreed. Said our ugly mugs. I'm like, don't include me. In don't include <laughs> you. Man, my goodness. Uh, don't include the football mom, right? The football mom over there is Spice Daddy. Any, any final thoughts? I thought you were calling me a football mom. No one was uh, calling you a football mom. Well, you started as a run-on sentence there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you have the beard of a football mom. I've got you no do. final thoughts. You do. No final thoughts? No final thoughts. All right, Creighton, I'm going to hit some music. Thank you so much for watching the Outlaw Radio Show. Again, if you're watching, check out the uh, podcast that gets released uh, on Apple, Google, Spotify on Thursdays. If you're listening, check out the live stream Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. Um, if you can't watch at 8 o'clock, as mentioned just previously, uh, all of the episodes of the Outlaw Radio Show get archived, not just on our <coughs> Facebook page, but also on our YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube channel is outlawradio.live, facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. You can get all of that information at outlawradio.org. God bless. See you guys next week.